It is Monday, January 9th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Playoff seeds clinched as the NFL regular season comes to a close. And college football will crown its champion tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dolphins lock up the last playoff spot and maybe Aaron Rodgers' last game. The Eagles clinch the one seed in the NFC and the Seahawks now the seventh seed. And TCU Georgia tonight. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Going to be all NFL Week 18 and what it meant for the playoff seedings, which will get underway on Saturday. Saturday, super wild card weekend in the NFL. We'll have plenty of breakdown throughout the week. We'll also get into the national championship game tonight in college football. But let's start with week 18 of the NFL season, and we'll start with Sunday night football. The Packers, AJ, it was so simple. Win the game, and they're in the playoffs. That's it. Tough night for the NFL's rigged crowd. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not in the playoffs. Instead, you get the Seattle Seahawks, who, <laughs> and and I guess on that same note, the Miami Dolphins yeah. in the playoffs with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Well, we don't know yet. We don't know. More yet. than likely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, yeah, there's, this is one of those years where it's hard to argue for more playoff teams. Mm. Uh, it wouldn't be mad if we went back to the six yeah. in years like this. But, hey, kudos to those teams for, for making it. It's been a while for the Dolphins. Uh, actually, it's been a while for the Seahawks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Packers falling to the Lions, like you said, it, it lined up pretty simply for them. And it was just the de- the defense could not stop the run. It was it was a tough night. And I, I also say, I'll say this. Playing Dan Campbell with nothing to lose – is it's like a, a can't win proposition. Yeah, like, they did a really good job of play calling, especially in the second half, and they were aggressive when they needed to be aggressive. When they had nothing to lose, they were aggressive. Yeah, and, and you know what? It played out honestly like I thought it would be. Remember, I said lie take the Packers in the first half and then the Lions in the second yeah. half, and that's what happened. I mean, the Packers only had a field goal lead, but the Lions clearly looked like a different team in the second half. I think Dan Campbell got after his guys in the locker room and said, "Hey, this is the last half of football for this year." Some of you might not play this game again yeah. at this level. Let's go out there and let's do, let's do something that's going to piss people off. And they did. And, and Jared Goff, I, I can't say enough about this kid because everyone wrote him off when he was traded to Detroit. This is a quarterback that was the number one overall pick. People forget. This is a quarterback that did go to a Super Bowl. People forget. And yes. Did he have a bad? Did he have a bad season last year? The Lions have a bad season last year. Yeah, but what he did this year, I think four uh, over four thousand yards. The touchdown to interception ratio was tremendous. I don't think the Lions are in the market for a quarterback right now. I think Jared I Goff's even, their guy. Uh, I think Jared Goff's certainly their guy for next year. I don't know if Jared Goff's. I don't think Jared Goff's their long term answer, but I do think that. They they feel comfortable. I mean, hell, they almost made the playoffs with him, and they they got to pay him next year anyway. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, what's it, why would you go somewhere else right now? So, 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's earned uh, at least another season. And listen, the, the Lions, I, I think the Lions are going to contend next year. This is a team, they, a couple more pieces on defense. Yeah. And I think this team is, is the real deal. Uh, I think Dan Campbell's impressed me as a coach. I'll, I think this is the, this, the case. That, that late decision to go for it, fourth and one and a half, mm-hmm. uh, with basically to end the game. If that was a playoff game, I think Dan Campbell takes the three and goes up seven. But yeah, you're still going up seven and giving Aaron Rodgers the football back. You are, but also, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Against your defense. Your defense had dominated the yeah, game for the most true. part. And Rodgers was just throwing the ball up. I mean, that, yeah. that interception was bad I, late in the game. But I think, like, if you, if in a real, in a, a real meaningful game, you go for it and don't get it, mm-hmm. and he goes down and scores a touchdown, you've got egg on your face. Agreed. But the fact that he knew, I mean, this is almost where Seattle winning gave Detroit an edge because they they can't, just, he was able to coach. They like, playing, leaving it all out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just go out there and take something away from the Packers. Yeah. And that's what they did. And that, that's kind of when when I was thinking about this game, I was like, man, the, the only scary thing about betting the Packers is like Dan Campbell's going to have that team motivated no matter what. They they might know they're kicked out of the playoffs and not care because Dan Campbell's the kind of guy who will fire those guys up anyway and just make it about hey let's just let's take something from them. Uh, and the fact that the players did a victory lap around Lambo, yeah. I mean that was that's pretty wild. So it was a uh, it, it was a good performance by them. Boy, you got to think Quay Walker getting kicked out of that game. What a dope. Yeah. Quay Walker, if you haven't seen the the clip, uh, players hurt on the Lions. I think it was DeAndre Swift actually was hurt on the, for the Lions. Trainers come out to look at him, and Quay Walker, first round rookie for the Packers, linebacker, like the the trainer puts his hand on his arm to move so he can yeah, get to the Yeah, trainer player. tried to move him out of the way, and, and Quay and Walker he shoves him? him. Yeah, what? Gets kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. This isn't late in the fourth quarter. When you're already having a hard time stopping the run, and maybe he defends that pass on that t- fourth down. Taking, you know, taking one of your better linebackers out of the game there, like, how, how can you be that dumb? And listen, he, he cried on his on his way out. Mm-hmm. Not a great look, uh, but either way, this is a bonehead play, and it's a rookie a rookie mistake. Sure, that I, I, who knows? He's one player. I'm not. I'm not saying it's his fault they lost. I'm saying on that last drive. When they, they were, could have used it, it yes. would have been nice to have him yeah. out there. Well, Aaron Rodgers, listen, the, the Packers had the game in their hands. They did. Aaron Rodgers had the football in his hands. They're down by a twenty to sixteen score, and there's three minutes left in the game, three and change. Drive down the field, see what happens. Uh, they they got a first down at their own thirty three yard line, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, deep shot interception. They never got the ball back. No. And Aaron Rodgers was getting mashed on those last couple plays. I got to give credit to the Detroit pass rush, which, just to be honest, has not been very good this year. They showed up at the right time. Uh, If you said, hey, let's just let it lay it all out there, great time to do it. And it made some stuff happen. A couple picks for Aaron Rodgers, a guy who doesn't turn the ball over very much. Yeah, one of them got called back with the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Got Uh, lucky there. This was, this is the kind of show, like, this is why people wanted to see the Lions in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They are that kind of a team, uh, you know, uh, that you you can see the potential. You can see it starting to blossom. 
and the Packers, I don't know what happens from here. The The report I heard is that he was asked for his jersey. Rodgers? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was asked for his jersey. Like you mean like player swap and stuff? At the yeah, yeah. The so yeah. The, um, the the – God, why am I why am I blanking on that? I see it here. Jamal, uh, Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams asked him for his jersey, and he said, I think I'm gonna hang on to this one. And did not swap jerseys. That tells me that there's something something is in Aaron Rodgers' head, either like he's like like he wants to hold on to his final game jersey. This is the last this is my last game at Lambeau, or yeah. this is my last game with the Packers, or this is my this is my last game. I don't know. But gonna, fr- gonna frame my last game, my my jersey from my last game ever at but Lambeau. I, I can't imagine he like Aaron Rodgers would be the kind of guy who's like, oh no, Jameson Williams. I'm not it, I, it just seems odd to me. That's all. I don't know. It, it, maybe if his former teammate Jamal Williams asked him, I mean, does he care about a rookie from Alabama asking him for his jersey? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that there was anything. Maybe. Maybe I'm just looking into it. But well, maybe I'm not looking into it. Is what I should say. Sure. I, I've said. All season long, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last yeah. year. Whisper uh, certainly with the Green Bay Packers, he he did, did not look like the same quarterback that he was in his career, and certainly not the same quarterback that he was the past couple of years when he was the back-to-back MVP. So we might have yes witnessed Aaron Rodgers' final game in a Green Bay Packers uniform, or in fact his final game ever. That's yeah, as it an could NFL be either one. Back. Uh, and we'll there, I mean, on Jeopardy. there's not really a way for the Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers that makes financial sense, unless he retires. He retires. Yeah, so save the money. Uh, Good for them. It's a it's a weird spot, or or that there's someone who's willing to trade for him, and that I mean, I guess that's always possible too. Uh, there, I've, I heard a rumor today about the Raiders, <laughs> uh, but who knows? Who Who's knows Bonte what Adams? the thinking is? Yeah, <laughs> who knows what the thinking is for Aaron Rodgers? I, trying to get inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers is a fool's errand, as far as I'm concerned. But unless you're way, a hallucinogenic, that's right. Uh, the, the the Packers. Turns out the uh, the the elimination match they had planned mm-hmm. for Sunday Night Football ended up being uh, neither one of you are going. Uh, you're both. You've both been eliminated, yes. as Fez would say. Because the Seahawks beat the Rams 19-16 in overtime to give themselves hope to watch Sunday Night Football to get into the playoffs. And this was another game where the Rams, I mean, honestly, I thought the Rams were the better team in this game. Mm -hmm. Rams in overtime, and this is the other thing, a tie would have sent the the winner of that game. The Lions would be in the playoffs right now if Seattle had held on for a tie. Oh, wow. So, but... Baker Mayfield, God bless him. He he fought hard, and the last film we will have of Baker Mayfield for this season mm-hmm. is him throwing a pick to the yeah. Seahawks. Seahawks get the game-winning field goal. Uh, that's not the way they wanted to. That's not the way Baker Mayfield wanted to end it, certainly, after it looked like maybe he'd built some momentum going mm-hmm. into the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Seattle gets in. I'll be honest. This this is like the least interesting playoff team I've seen in a long time. It's a yep. bad defensive team, a team that offensively has died in the second half. These teams that are awesome in the first half and garbage in the second half are often the kind of playoff teams you're like, oh, really? We got to see yeah. this? And Miami fits that mold. Seattle fits mm-hmm. that mold. The Giants, to an extent, fit that mold. Teams that started out and were like, wow, great. 
these teams are awesome, great surprises. And then in the second half, all of those teams kind of showed their true colors. It just goes to show you how important the early part of the NFL season is. If you build yourself some leeway. It matters just as much. Exactly. You can (laughs) afford to lose some games down the stretch because you've built yourself up enough equity that it's just a math equation, right? You know that it's going to take nine wins to get you into the playoffs, most likely. Once you get five or six, you, you know, you're more than halfway there. So uh, it's important to win all these games. And it's, I mean, on the flip side of that coin, there's teams that were terrible early in the season. Detroit, Pittsburgh come to mm-hmm. mind that people would have liked. Or Green Bay is another one. People yeah. would have preferred to see those teams in the playoffs, but they lost games early in the season that they shouldn't have lost. Comes back to bite them in the end. Uh, so, you know, it all it all evens itself out. But now you see these teams. And the reward is, hey, Seattle, you get to go to San Francisco, yeah. who looks like the best team in the NFC. Miami, you get to go to Buffalo, <laughs> who looks like they might be the best team in the AFC. Good luck to you, and God bless you. Go yeah, on your way. This is a year where you, you said it earlier that we don't need the seventh seeds no. in the postseason. Just give San Francisco and Buffalo <laughs> a bye. But, hey, you know, the Seahawks get the win. They almost got it at the end of regulation. Jason Myers' field goal hit the upright. Yep. And so it was almost a really heartbreaking end for the Seahawks. But they were able to get the win. Thanks. You mentioned the Baker Mayfield interception. Geno Smith, just 213 yards passing, 19 of 31 in the game. He had a 37.2 QBR. That's not good. Yeah, he's, again. But Baker Mayfield was only 10.1, so. This is a guy who was playing really good ball early in the season and kind of turned back into Geno Smith, turned back into a pumpkin. So I I don't know what to expect. Well, actually, I do know what to expect. I don't expect much of him uh, going into this next game at San Francisco, whose defense is just dominant right now. Well, the number one seed was on the line in the NFC. The Eagles clinched the NFC East and the one seed with a 22-16 win over the Giants. They do not cover the 16-point spread despite having themselves, what was it, a uh, 19-3 lead late in the game. The Giants with 13 points in the fourth quarter when the Eagles pretty much understood that the game was over. I know you can't call it a backdoor really, but... It almost was. It almost felt like a backdoor cover for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it the game ends in a six-point game. It never felt like it was a six-point game. No, that's what I'm but, saying. But the spread was so wide that yes. it, didn't, it didn't really matter. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like a backdoor cover, you say, okay, the team on their final drive scores no, and no, covers. No. They were but, covering the entire fourth quarter. Like, Yeah, they, but they, I'm saying that the Giant, the Eagles not really trying in that fourth quarter and the Giants scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter kind of felt like it. Um, the Eagles, though, Jalen, this was all about Jalen Hurts getting back on the field, getting some reps, Right, feeling comfortable, knowing that he's going to have a week off to rehab now and get ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. And the Giants just resting absolutely everybody in this game. Yeah, certainly not what we thought was going to be the uh, the game plan for nope. the Giants. Day and listen, Dayball did did what he's supposed to do. He protected, mis- misdirected, yep. and uh, did the right things here. And Davis Webb and Gary Brightwell carried the load mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and you know what? Kenny Galladay even got to catch the football today. So yes, he scored a touchdown. The big, the big reward. Uh, your highest paid player goes out and makes something happen there. Mm-hmm. It's just a – it didn't seem like the Giants cared about winning this game, especially in the first half. But kudos to them for fighting hard in the second half and making it at least a, a competition. Yep, so the Eagles earned themselves the bye. By the way, Jalen Hurts. 
he probably needed this. Looked really rusty. Yes. It was good for him to, to knock off some of that rust, I think, uh, holding on to the ball for a long time mm-hmm. in this game, just not, not crisp. And I, I think that he needed to get this game out of the way. Uh, I don't know that they, you know, they were hoping for him to throw the ball 35 times. I can't imagine that was the uh, the game plan. I also can't imagine they wanted him to carry the ball nine times on the ground. Uh, but either way, I think it, because they've got a week to rest him, this was a smart move to get him out there and, and get some uh, get some some rust off of him. So the Eagles, the one seed, the 49ers are the two seed with a 38-13 route of the Cardinals. Brock Purdy throws for three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey does it all. Ten carries for 45 yards, also three catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Nice to see Debo Samuel back on the field, getting his feet under him as well. And this 49ers team looking ready for the playoffs, coming in winning, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, nine, ten straight games. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot. Playing as well as anybody in the league right now and uh, looked like they were playing against David Blau. Although David Blau, 14 of 18, mm-hmm. of course, two of those four incompletions went to the other team. <laughs> That's not ideal. Uh, but Brock Purdy continues to just do the job, not give the ball away. Yeah. And, um, this 49ers team is so complete. I, I've, I've been saying it now for a month or two that this is the best team in the NFC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even with Brock Purdy at quarterback. The roster is so complete. I, I, I think they should be – I guess it doesn't make sense because they don't have the bye. Yeah, the bye, but, the bye means so much. But, man, they, they feel like – if you said, hey, pick the winner of the NFC – no odds. I'll give you $10,000 if you just pick the winner. It'd be San Francisco. Well, right now, there is no uh, lines up for the NFC, uh, but Super Bowl winning odds, the 49ers are your third favorite, and they're t- actually, they're tied with the Eagles. Okay. So 49ers and Eagles are 6-1 to one, uh, behind the Chiefs and the Bills. Okay. So, But I haven't seen any conference. Where are the Bengals? Bengals are 800, 8-1. Okay. Right behind them. So Bengals are the fifth favorite. Yeah, but this was the 49ers almost playing with their food early on and mm-hmm. uh, turned it up late and, and ended up running away from this team. I mean, it was 14-13, so uh, they had 24 unanswered points to finish the game. But just a, a dominant performance by, I think, the most complete team in the NFC. The Vikings are your three seed. They handle their business against the Justin Fields Les Bears. 29-13 in a game that uh, just seemed like a glorified preseason game, and that's how they treated it. Starters played for a little bit. Backups came in. They were never in doubt of losing this football game. They cruised to the victory. Seemed like a team who was trying to get the first pick in the draft mm-hmm. and have now succeeded. So congrats to the Chicago Bears for that. We'll get into that more later. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook only having to run the ball 11 times, I'm sure, was great for them. Not having Justin Jefferson out in the second half was big for them. Like, getting some rest on some of these bodies and even letting Kirk Cousins sit down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the the Vikings have a matchup with the Giants next week, a game that the Giants gave them hell in. Like, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a competitive you, football game again. If you ask the Giants, that's the matchup that they wanted. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because they almost beat them. I, the this is the funny time. thing. I think everybody in the NFC, like, the, the, the bottom teams were all hoping to play the Vikings. Yeah, I think yeah. the top teams were all hoping to play the, the Giants until the Seahawks got in, and it's like, damn, that sure would have been nice. Yeah, because no one wants to see Aaron Rodgers. But no, yeah, I think the Giants are, are very capable. I'm sure we'll have plenty of that, plenty more of that game when we uh, when we 
talk about it as we get throughout the week. But, yeah, Vikings, this was a good win for them, an easy win for them. And the Bears, congratulations, the number one overall selection. More on that when we get into the Texans-Colts game. Well, let's finish up the NFC playoff picture. The Cowboys and the Commanders, Sam Howell. Getting his first win as an NFL quarterback, 11 of 19 passing, 169 yards, one touchdown, one pick, also rushed for 35 yards and a score as the Commanders beat the Cowboys pretty convincingly. This is a bad look for Dallas. Absolutely. You talk about teams not playing great at the end of the season. Uh, Dallas feels like they're stumbling a little bit late in the season. I, I mean, I guess the the wins and losses wouldn't necessarily say that, but it's they've they've won you know six of the last eight. But mm-hmm. the the last few weeks, I guess the Eagles game, the Texans game, they were it was a scary game. Uh, the, they lose to the Jags. Like even going back to the, the Giants game, where it felt like they they should have crushed the Giants and didn't. There's just been there's something about Dallas, and I've been saying their pass defense is questionable. At least it has been for the last six, seven weeks. Uh, this was a game that, you know, theoretically really should have mattered to the Cowboys, and they got their asses kicked. I mm-hmm. worry about Dallas going into the playoffs. Luckily, they play Tampa, who I think is just terrible. Uh, but that said, Tampa beat them this year already once. So, so Jason Garrett said something really interesting on the halftime show of Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys are one and four on the road on grass this season. Mm. And you look at those games at the Eagles, 26 17 loss. At the Packers, the 31 28 loss. At the Jaguars, the 40 34 loss. And at the Commanders, this one, the 26 6 loss. The only win was at the Titans, 27 13. He was saying the footing hurts the speed of their pass rush and playing outdoors on grass slows down their defense a bit. They don't get that jump off the line, off the snap. uh, They don't get a similar jump off the snap. And then Tony Dungy was joking. He's like, Oh, if I'm telling I'm Tampa, I'm telling my grounds crew to let that grass grow a little. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's, I think it's, you can say it's nothing. I think it's something that shouldn't be ignored when you look at the defensive performances in those games where they gave up 26, 31, 40, you know, yeah, 26. It's it's worth it's worth exploring yeah. to see if they do if they are slower on the defensive front or on their linebackers are they slower off the snap? On grass. And also the week that they didn't give up a ton of points on grass, they were playing against Josh Dobbs. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that's definitely something to monitor. And uh, Washington, who knows what they're going to do at quarterback. I mean, obviously this was a a chance for them to get a look at Sam Howell. Sure. Uh, But I, I I can't imagine Washington feels good going into next season with any of the guys that they saw this year. It's like, this is our guy. Unless Uh, you want to hand the reins over to Sam Howell and just say, hey, it's your team now. See what happens. Boy, you I only mean, saw him for one game, but you drafted him, and you, you did. Yeah, yeah. But you also have a, a roster that was—I mean, they were in the playoff race yeah. for most of this season. Mm-hmm. You've got to, despite when you, terrible quarterback. Yeah, play. when you've got a roster like this, you've got to have a competent quarterback out there. And I'm not saying Sam Howe won't be one eventually, 
But you can't go into this season thinking a, a guy I, I, who's played one game is just going to be your franchise guy. But, that, but isn't that what happens? With, isn't that what used to happen with rookies all the time? That happens with you, first round rookies. Yeah, you draft a rookie and you don't play him. You let him sit. You let him learn, and then in year two or year three, they become your quarterback. So either way, they're eventually going to get starts, and they're eventually going to be the starting quarterback with only one start under their belt or no starts under their belt. I think the best thing for Washington would be to. Bring in a veteran quarterback, and maybe it is Carson Wentz. I don't think it is, but maybe there's it's another. not. It's not Carson Wentz. Okay, They've so got to get away from maybe that. Maybe there's another veteran that you can bring in that can compete with Sam. His Howell. name's Jim Garoppolo. Well, that would be the, that would be a guy that gets the starting job. Yeah, I, I think if there there should be an open competition in training camp, and see if Sam Howell is your best option. Yeah, it just feels to me like this roster is too. You can't give up on a draft pick without even seeing. I'm him not play. saying give up on him. I'm saying you like you've got to. You can't go into the season with this roster. Saying, ah, we're going to try this this rookie at quarterback." It just it's not listen sensible. Brock Purdy is is winning with a great roster. Yeah, you know the the the, the, the you mentioned that they were a playoff contending team. Washington was with their roster. Yeah. and terrible quarterback play. Do we have our quarterback composite sheet over here? Because both Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke were awful this season. Awful. I mean, Taylor Heineke. I mentioned I kept on singing his praises about all the wins that he was getting, but he was consistently ranking at the bottom of the league in our composite quarterback rankings. So if they just get mediocre quarterback play, this is a playoff team. Yeah, so the the main one is of guys who qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz was 29 out of 31. Yeah, that's not good. Ahead of Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield. Okay. Uh, on the other side, Taylor Heineke uh, in the group that was not qualified, uh, Taylor Heineke was 17th in that group sandwiched right between Chris Streveler and Trey Lance. Yeah, there you go. Guys that only played one game each. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that Washington, It's. I'm not saying it's a quick fix, but I think they're, it's It's very doable for them to turn it around. I, I think you put in a solid quarterback on that roster, and they're at least a playoff team, if not more than that. So Let, Let's go to the AFC playoff picture where the Bills playing an emotional game, certainly. Uh, DeMar Hamlin watching, spoke to the team. Everyone, you know, thrilled about his progress. And they were in a battle with the Patriots until they pulled away in the second half. Second half, they took over. They, I, I think they kind of realized, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, f- four unanswered touchdowns t- to finish the game, including – uh, the second of two kick return touchdowns by Naheem Hines. So to a 96-yarder and a 101-yarder. Mm-hmm. That's a, First of all, it was a great way to start the game for the Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to have, to have one like that, and then right when the Patriots went up, Patriots go up 17-14 with a field goal. First thing that happened was that touchdown, and you mm-hmm. could just feel all the wind go out of the Patriots' sails. Uh, I, I'll credit where it's due. Mac Jones played pretty well for most of the game. Started to slip away from him late. Started to be a little loose with the ball. Yeah. But he gave them a chance early on. Uh, Josh Allen threw another inexplicable red zone interception. Uh, he's got to get that cleaned up. But he also threw two of the prettiest balls you mm-hmm. will ever, ever see. One John Brown laid out for for a touchdown. And the other one just a moonshot that Stephon Diggs and maybe only Stephon Diggs could have caught. Uh, going into it for a touchdown. This was, I mean, he just he was on top of things uh, yesterday. And the Bills, like I said, it, it feels like wh- where they were at the beginning of the season, perspective or per- mm-hmm. perception of them is much lower now. 
but this is a team who, I mean, they've done nothing but win for the last two months. Yep, absolutely. And I, I really think they're going to, I think they're going to be favored in every game come going on. forward. Don't, don't you want to see, you know, DeMar Hamlin come out for the ceremonial coin toss at the Super Bowl, you know, walking under his own power and, Come on. They'll be favored they'll be favored in every game going forward. <laughs> yes, they will. I mean, barring an injury to Josh Allen, they will be favored in every game going forward, especially because now if they play the Chiefs, it'll be neutral at a neutral site. site. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be favored at Buffalo. I mean, the Bills were favored at Kansas City. The Bills were favored at Cincinnati. Yep. This is who Vegas believes is the best team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to play an extra game. But like I said, they will be favored in every single matchup going forward. Let's go to the Jets-Dolphins because of the Patriots losing. By the way, Jets plus three and a half, plus four, wait, really, what? really bad beat. Uh, way to bury the lead. Uh, so the Patriots losing opened the door for the Dolphins to make the playoffs with just a win over the Jets. And uh, it was, you want to talk about battles. This oh, what was an, an ugly game. Ugly Ugly game. Skyler Thompson, 20 of 31 passing for 152 yards. Joe Flacco, 18 of 33 for 149 yards. But I'm sure both teams ran the ball really well. No, didn't do that either. Well, Mostert and Jeff Wilson had 70 yards each, so they, okay. they did okay. Uh, but this was so ugly. But the Dolphins at the end got a field goal to take the lead with how much time was left? They got the field goal? 18 yeah, seconds left? Yeah. And- I'll be honest. I think that it was it, they got into field goal range on a bad call. It looked like a tackle being made on Jalen Waddle by his jersey. Mm-hmm. They called it a horse collar tackle. I think it's only because it, he stayed down, right? Maybe. I think so. I think it yeah. hurt him a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it, that it, you could see the guy had a, a handful of jersey. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a that's a tough way to lose a game. Yep. And so uh, they kicked the field goal, fifty yards from uh, with eighteen seconds left. The Jets then get the ball and. They do the pitching back laterals. Why not? Final play of the game. Dopey. And it results in the ball going out of bounds, across the goal line. little confusion at the end of the game. It's like, were they not going to call the safety? Were they going to call the safety? It was a safety. And so if you had the Dolphins laying the points. Congratulations. Yeah, donate some money to charity or something. <laughs> if you had the Jets, um, just don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Yeah, these things happen. It, that's a tough beat. Yeah, certainly. Because uh, this number, remember, for the contest, the Jets were minus one. Yeah. And then the the announcement that Mike White was hurt now and it was going to be Joe Flacco. Yep. Uh, Completely moved the line. Yeah, the, it, it ends up closing at, at Miami minus four. So a massive move. And... You know, I I actually had it at three and a half. Yeah. Once it went past three, I was like, I've I've got to do this. Like, I just didn't. I I thought this Dolphins team was terrible, and they were. Mm. Uh, but that play ends up costing you the cover. Miami is one of. The, I, I think they're they're playing the worst football going into the playoffs of anybody. Absolutely. Like you talk about backdooring your way into the playoffs. At least the Seattle. I mean, they're. It's not good, but it's not like flat out bad football. This team had lost five games in a row before mm-hmm. this went this you know fairly fortunate close win against the Jets. You cannot feel good about how this team's playing right now, and they've got to go to Buffalo. Although they did give they did give the Bills hell there. That was of course with a uh, different quarterback than they'll have uh, next week. I think you know you're you're looking at it right now, and you're wondering 
does Teddy Bridgewater come back from his pinky injury or whatever? Because at least Bridgewater gives them a much better chance to run this offense than Skylar Thompson. Yeah. I mean, Skylar, this is a, it's a disaster when Skylar Thompson's playing mm-hmm. and, and no offense to him. It, it should be a disaster. He's a seventh round rookie. Yep. Like, and this roster isn't built like the San Francisco 49ers. He's not going to get all the protection in the world. He's not, you know, he doesn't have mm-hmm. a defense to bail him out. It should look this bad, but uh, they, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know what he – he hasn't looked anything great. He hasn't looked good at all. It's uh, – when this offense has not had healthy Tua on the field, it's been gross. Agreed. And I I guess congratulations to Mike McDaniel that won his first challenge of the year uh, (laughs) last night or yesterday. So good for him. All right, let's move on. The Bengals and the Ravens. This is going to be a rematch in the wild card game, but the Bengals take care of business 27-16 in a game that we saw Anthony Brown start for the Ravens. This spread, I think it closed at 11 and a half. Yeah, it, it just shot up, and since he just handled the you want you want to talk about. I mean, Joe Burrow's so good, but once you know that Anthony Brown's the starting quarterback, this was a game that you just couldn't lose. I mean, two early picks, just basically, you yep. knew the game was over. And truthfully, if the Ravens don't get Lamar Jackson back, nothing's happening. I don't see. I don't anyway. see next week's game being any different than what we saw yesterday. If there's no Lamar Jackson, think about the last two seasons now. And I, I get that attendance is part of the grade and it's part. It's very important when it comes to what you're going to pay these quarterbacks. The best ability is availability. But the Baltimore Ravens last season mm-hmm. started out like the best team in football, lost every game down the stretch after yep. Lamar got hurt and missed the playoffs. Same thing this year. Start out a house of fire. Mm-hmm. Lamar gets hurt. They melt down this time. They make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do anything if he's not out there. You know, you There's have nobody more yeah. important to their team's success than Lamar Jackson. Well, you have to wonder if it's a sustainable strategy to build your team around a running quarterback. And you know, we'll well, have the, a- the alternative is a long-term reconstruction of this roster. Like this, it is not built to succeed with just a, a like Jimmy Garoppolo can't come in and make this a contending team. No. It, no, it is built. They don't have the wide receiver weapons that nothing. This no. is built for one man to run, mm-hmm. and that man, like you, either got you, you got to make a decision on him. And I, my, I guess you don't have to make a long term. You can franchise him. That's expensive, but the Ravens without Lamar, just they're just not a good team. Yeah, the defense it, is is strong, but uh-huh. it's not good enough to carry the rest of this offense. It would be a long term rebuild, uh, or at least a couple of seasons rebuild, and kind of starting from scratch if you decide to go away. From Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Steelers and the Browns. Pittsburgh had a chance. All they had to do was take care of business against the Browns, have the Patriots lose, and have the Dolphins lose. Patriots were losing. Dolphins were in a battle with the Jets. And if the Steelers were scoreboard watching, it looked like it because they were motivated. They really impressed beating up on the Browns. 28-14. I never thought Cleveland was going to win this game at all. Uh, it was just all about the way that the Steelers were able to kind of, you know, handle business on offense. Najee Harris, 84 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Pickett, 195 yards, 13 of 29 passing, didn't turn the football over. And, you know, yeah. seven sacks of Deshaun Watson. Seven. Yeah. yeah. That the defense Dominant got after performance it. defensively. TJ Watt. What a, he's a he's a beast, and Deshaun Watson continues to just be a mess. I, you know, I'm not again. I think it's too early to say like it's a a, a long term mistake, but today it looks like a mistake, 
And I believe if the Browns don't make this move midseason, they're probably a player in the team. playoffs. I mean, we talk about it. Look, look at Jacoby Brissett's uh, ranking there on our composite quarterback rankings. He, yeah, he, they had they, the offense. Jacoby Brissett was right. He was tied with Lamar Jackson in our rankings. Yeah, uh, ahead of Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Justin Herbert. Yeah. So the guy was playing. The offense good was football, operating well, and the defense got so good late in the season that if the offense had been competent the second half, mm-hmm. you had something here. Uh, instead. Kudos to Mike Tomlin. Another season without a losing record. I don't know how he keeps doing it. This roster isn't good enough for the, for him to do what he does. But I, it just goes to show Mike Tomlin's an excellent coach, uh, and the fact that that they were able, he was able to take this team out of the hole that it was in mm-hmm. and finish the season this way. All the credit in the world. That's an incredible thing to to still have that record of not having a losing season and you had to win six of the last seven mm-hmm. to get it there, pretty unbelievable. You know, I've never heard that before. Never. Mike Tomlin has had a I never just, had a I just actually looked it up. That, that's, I I've that never stat. heard that before. I invented that stat. Uh, a glorified preseason game between the Chargers and the Broncos. Was it, though? <laughs> Brandon Staley didn't think so. Well, he had a plan of phasing out his starters. And then he just was like, I'm not going to do that. Well, he did take guys out at the end in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but <laughs> after Mike Williams got hurt, yes. after Derwin James got hurt, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Brandon Staley is an absolute moron. I, I don't understand. So that. maybe my Sean Payton bet is still alive. <laughs> I, maybe. <laughs> I I don't understand this. Like, this game really meant nothing. And I get if you can win, awesome. Uh, the, the Chargers had been playing really good football. I can see how he wanted to keep them in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. But – it's so, like you you left those guys out there way too long and it's the minute Mike Williams got hurt and I don't know what the status is yet but it, I mean it's a bad they, they expect him to be available for the wild card game it's just it, you know obviously he's going to go under treatment all week but the second he gets he gets hurt you take him off you, you take Keenan Allen off the field Austin Eckler off the field Justin Herbert off the mm-hmm. field uh you, you take uh Bosa off the field, Mm -hmm. you take uh, anybody of value, you get the hell off the field because this is just, again, like you said, it should have been a preseason game. And the the announced team was all over it, too. Of course. What are we doing here? Why why are these guys, Chargers fans, have to be losing their minds. And then even worse, they end up losing the game. So uh, just you did it for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get the idea that. You don't want your guys sitting over there overthinking and, like, worrying about next week. You, you want them to be focused on football. I get that. But at some point, you have to pull those guys off the field. I think it was way too late for them to do it. Uh, I didn't like the way Staley handled this. Broncos, it, it's funny. I, I don't know what, to, what the takeaway is from this game for Denver, but it is kind of funny that the last few weeks, as the first – like, in the, in the last month, it's mm-hmm. the first time Russell Wilson's looked like – what Russell Wilson's supposed to look like. Yeah. To me, this just goes to show Nathaniel Hackett was so in over his head. Agreed. I mean, he was – I'm not saying Russ is like he's going to be cooking next year or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying it feels like if you had to point at who the problem was, 
Nathaniel Hackett carries a little more of the blame than mm-hmm. Russell Wilson does. I would agree, and and the Broncos coaching search is going to be something that's going to be talked about for uh, quite a while. And now. It's a, to me, it's a desirable job. Yes, yes, and we know that they've gotten permission to speak to Sean Payton. They're reportedly going to speak to Jim Harbaugh, so they're they're shooting for the moon here with the amount of money that they have. Walmart available. money, baby. A lot of Walmart money. Let's talk about the non-playoff games, and the biggest one was the Texans and the Colts. I, this was – I thought that this was going to be the easiest Colts victory of the season. And early on, didn't look that way because uh, – They looked so bad. They looked so bad. And the Texans looked like they were trying. Yeah. Ellinger throws the – well, first of all, uh, they, they fumble on the fir- – on the, what was it, the, the kickoff, right? Yeah. So they don't even get the ball until they're down 10 nothing, And then they score. So you're like, okay, great, it's 10-7. Then they throw a pick six, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And they're down 17-7 at the half. All of a sudden, it's 24-14 Houston. Then then Davis Mills throws a pick six, and I'm like, hey, now we, here we go. Now we're looking like the Texans trying to play for a number one pick here. The uh, Colts get – he throws another interception. So two interceptions on back-to-back drives. That led directly to points. It certainly looked like a team that was tanking at that point, right? Yeah. It's like he got the they got the call down from the booth that said, uh, "Hey, enough guys, of that." Hey, yeah. Hey, great first half. You tried. Now let's lose this game and Davis <laughs> Davis Mills was like, "Hey, I'm going to help you get my replacement. Here you go." Uh, but then the score is 31-24 Colts. The Texans go on a 14-play 83-yard drive, converting a massive 4th and 12, get the touchdown. (laughs) And go for two. And go for the win and get it. I think think here's what happened. Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, Davis Mills, they're all circled up talking, and they say, you know what? We're not going to be here next year. I think. Let's burn this mother down. I think Lovey knew. Because Lovey Smith got fired after the game. And he's been in conversations all week about his future. I think he knew that he was out of a job. I think he did. And, and I, Hamilton knew. And, and I, I think, think Davis Mills knows. But here's the thing. I don't think he told anybody maybe until before the final drive. Maybe. Because Davis Mills looked like a different quarterback in that final drive than he looked in the rest of the second half when he threw two interceptions. So... Maybe it motivated him. They went down the field, and the Colts, listen, I don't feel bad for anybody in this world, okay? But one of the three contestants in Circa Survivor fighting for $6 million, a share of $6 million, one of them had the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, and That's a $2 million decision. It's a $2 million loss. Here's why I don't feel bad. There's no way that guy didn't make money on this game. He had to have. Yeah. Because if you're looking at a $2 million win, at least, it could have been more if the other two players lost. The other two players won. One had the, um, what was it? One had the Seahawks, and the other one, I'll tell you what he had. But anyway. Think so, about that. Think about how close that one was, too. Yeah. So you're sitting here, and you're at least going to get $2 million. You Oh, it, you, I mean, you find a way to – it was the Jaguars and the Seahawks. First contestant had the Jaguars. Both luck box wins. Second contestant had the Seahawks. Third contestant had the Colts. So if you're staring at a $2 million at minimum win, 
uh, how you obviously are betting on the Texans money line, whatever you can, whatever you can, or you're probably taking the Texans with the points, seeing if you can middle and get both. Yeah, whatever it was, like what well, you probably take the plus money though you, on you Texas money plus. line. You got to take the and, plus. And, and so I'm, I don't feel bad for this guy. And there's video circle, circulating around the internet of him watching, you know, the the Texans score that two point conversion at the end, and oh, the heartache, two million dollars. That guy probably made five hundred grand. Yeah, on this off, game, off of his one thousand, off of his one thousand dollar entry. So again, I don't feel bad for anybody in this life, but whew, the Texans by winning this game now no longer have the number one overall pick. And before you say, and I've had this argument with you, and you've kind of set me straight on it, and other people have as well. Before you say, well, the Bears don't need a quarterback. Maybe they'll just take the bet, you know, Will Anderson or whoever, the best non quarterback on the board, and the the Texans will get that quarterback anyway, as Lee Corso would say. Not so fast, my friend, because teams will trade. Teams up. will certainly trade with the with the Bears to get that number one pick. And in fact, a good candidate for that, the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts. Yep. Have, well, I think what they had the fourth or fifth pick. So mm-hmm. an easy move up. Probably, I mean, it would probably cost them another first round pick. But if you get your franchise guy, and now you go from potentially having your choice of quarterbacks to. Who's your, left? Your division rival getting yep. their choice of quarterback, and you having to face that guy every year. Yeah. It's just a Indy, Indy's got the fourth overall pick for for Chicago to go from one to four is not a big deal at you all. You could probably you might still get Will Anderson, hundred percent, because you got to figure Indy at one will take a quarterback, Houston at two will take a quarterback, Arizona at three replaces JJ Watt with a defensive end, and there you go, you get. You get defensive player as well. I mean, there's there's definitely going to be stuff for grabs there. And Chicago head coach Matt Eberflus was in the defensive coordinator for a while. So good relationship. Good there, relationship yeah. there with Chris Boward. So I'm sure there might be something, some conversations going on there. But, hey, good job, Texans. But good if, like, job. If, if it's, okay, you either get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson yeah, now. Guaranteed one of those two players. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. And you, and you get another first-round pick mm-hmm. down the road? Yep. We'll, 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 huge, huge loss yes. for the Colts today. Way to go, Colts. Smart yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, the, the other two games that were meaningless, Bucks and the Falcons. This was, uh, you know, Atlanta was heavily favored, and obviously it, it made sense. The Bucks didn't Tampa, try in this game. Tampa went out and tried for a half, and it looked like they were handling business. And then they, they did what the Chargers probably should have done yeah. and said, okay, uh, backup squad, let's get in here, let's finish yep. out the game. And it looked... We saw Kyle Trask play. It looked like the bad, uh, the backup squad of a bad team. Uh, I'm still not convinced that Desmond Ritter is good, but he made a couple good throws in this game. Yep. T- Tyler Algier ran the ball well. Uh, I-, I think that... I don't know what the Falcons' future is at quarterback, but the Falcons have some skill position players mm-hmm. that are enticing. Drake London uh, had a good game as well. So it, they also have a stud wide receiver in Calvin Ridd. No, no, no they, they traded don't. him away. But they do have <laughs> Kyle Pitts still, yeah. and it, with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, whoever they pull in this year's draft, they're starting to build something in Atlanta. It's it, maybe it may take a while, but mm-hmm. it, actually in that division, it may not. You think? Uh, yeah, I heard people talking about. Ryan Tannehill going to Atlanta, reuniting with uh, Arthur Smith. That'd be interesting because uh, I think in the draft they're like the Falcons almost have to go defense. They, they've got they got to get better in the secondary. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of veteran in, like like we were talking about. I mean, almost like they tried to do with Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Maybe just a, a better version of Marcus Mariota, sure. which Ryan Tannehill certainly fits that. And role. a little bit of veteran leadership for, yeah. for Desmond Ritter. Uh, the Panthers and the Saints in a, a game that I don't think if you asked – a uh, hundred NFL fans. I don't think thirty even knew this game was played today. I did because it was plus three and a half, and I said, How, "Give me the team catching three and a half." That's In this the team. game, just give me the three and a half. I don't care who you, you can pick your side, and I'll take the yeah. three and a half. <laughs> give me three and a half plus. I, I'll take plus. You, yes. Whatever. Uh, yeah, ugly game. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but it, it, the score looked. Neither about, did the highlights looked did, about. Neither did anybody watching the Red Zone channel because this game was barely showed. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro with the game-winning field goal as time expired. New Orleans scored a touchdown in the first quarter, right, like early on, and then there was no point scored until the Panthers scored in the third quarter and then the game-winning field goal. This was a, hey, nobody get hurt. Let's have a good time. Let's end our season. And I'll see you on the golf course. So Sam Darnold, we've talked about Sam Darnold had been playing pretty decent football mm-hmm. uh, since since getting the starting job back. Sam Darnold's stat line, 5 of 15, 43 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, two sacks. Yeah. QBR, 11. And a quarterback rating of 2.8, which is going to skew his season numbers a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, this was uh let's get out of Dodge type of game. And so now we have the playoffs. It is set. Here's what your schedule looks like for super wild card weekend in the NFL. It'll kick off on Saturday. The Seahawks at the 49ers. And the 49ers, a 10-point favorite in this game. That sounds about right to me. The Saturday night game will be taking double digits in the playoffs. Seahawks. I can't bet against the 49ers. I can't either. I I want to take double digits. They're just out there smashing heads right now. Uh, Chargers at the Jaguars. And the Saturday night. Saturday night. The Chargers. One and a half point favorites. I figured that would be the case. Jacksonville didn't look great in their game uh, against Tennessee. Against Mm -hmm. basically a, a, a corpse of Tennessee. Yeah. And got lucky to get the fumble. Yeah, win the game, yeah. very fortunate win for them. Uh, I I'm, I figured the Chargers would be at worst to pick them. Yeah, um, but if, as long as you're getting under a touchdown, I'm probably looking at the Chargers. Then on Sunday, here's your triple on, header under a field goal. You have a, a triple header on Sunday: Dolphins at the Bills, Buffalo ten and a half point favorites. This yeah. is assuming it's Skylar Thompson. Yeah, if it's, Skylar Thompson? Bri- if it's Teddy Bridgewater, this line goes down to seven. Uh, I don't know if it goes to seven. I think I think it stays seven outside. Of se- yeah, I can yeah. see seven and a half or eight, but either way, it's it's less than ten. Yeah. Um. I I'm not laying over ten points in a, in a playoff game, but if you're telling me Skylar Thompson's playing, there's there's zero chance I could play the Dolphins. The Giants at the Vikings. Minnesota a three point favorite. That was the spread when these two teams played a couple of weeks ago, and Minnesota won by three on the field goal. Yeah, I think and so that tells me that's what the spread is supposed to be. Yes. We saw this game played out once. It was a three point Vikings win on the number. I think that's what the number is supposed to be. I, I don't really have a side. I, I don't have a take. Oh no, Minnesota actually I think closed higher than a field goal. I think it was four, four and a half. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And because I think the Giants, because the Giants, my guess I know is, the Giants, yeah, the Giants covered. My guess is the Giants take money as the week goes. Oh, on. yeah. This is closing it under a field goal. Yeah. If you like the Vikings, wait on it because people are going to bet the Giants for I sure. Agree. 
Uh, like if Fez, if Fez was sitting here right now, he would tell you that this is moving. Uh, the Ravens, this is your Sunday night game. Ravens, Bengals, since he's six and a half. If Lamar Jackson plays, what's this spread? Four. Yeah, it's still north of a field goal. Yeah. I, I, that's what I – so I, I still – I think that the number is – is I, I don't know. I can't bet the Ravens. There's there's too much uncertainty. And even if Lamar plays, like, what are you, what are you getting yeah. from him? I don't I, – I can't, I can't find a way to back the Ravens because that – it feels like it should maybe be more than mm-hmm. that. Like, if, you, if I said Lamar's there and now the Ravens are two points worse than the Bengals, that doesn't even – like, on a neutral – so giving them two points for home field, mm-hmm. that still doesn't feel like enough given the way these two teams are playing right now. Lamar would give him a boost, but it's Lamar's first game back after, like, what, six weeks? Yeah. And, and Tyler Huntley's terrible. Uh, Anthony Brown's worse. <laughs> this is It's a bad situation for the Ravens. Their defense can keep them in a lot of games, I believe. But if it's anything like we saw today, there's there's no way I can back the Ravens here. And Monday night football, the Bucks hosting the Cowboys. Dallas, a three-point favorite. I'm telling you right now, people are going to be betting the Bucks. You think so? Yep, because it's Tom Brady, and they're at home, and you got a home dog in the playoffs. This is the only – well, I guess the Jaguars are a home dog, but that's a really close spread. This is a home dog of a field goal, and it's Tom Brady – after what everyone just saw happen to the Cowboys against the Commanders, this line is uh, this absolutely goes short of a field goal. Boy, Tampa Bay, it's been so long since Tampa looked good. It's either like... But go figure, this is what Tom Brady would do. Yeah. Have a shit season and then win a playoff game. Yeah. Do you know how many, you know how many games the Bucks have won by more than a, a touchdown this Zero? season? One? Two. Week one and week two. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And that week one win was against? The Dallas Cowboys. Yes. And all they had to do to win that game was knock out Dak Prescott. Yep. Uh, and they win the game 19-3. to And that game was in Dallas, and they were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. Think now they're this. a three-point dog at home. The, the, biggest, uh, the biggest distance – the Bucks have gotten from an opponent since week two was last weekend against the Panthers, a 30-24 win over Sam Darnold. Yeah. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a good football team. Uh, to me, the upside of Dallas is very good. The upside of the Bucks is m- mediocre. Mm-hmm. So that is your look at the postseason and a wrap on week 18 and a wrap on the entire NFL regular season. Today is Black Monday in the NFL. It is a term that is used referring to the day that uh, a lot of coaches get fired in the NFL. It's the Monday after the season ends. They'll go into the facility, they'll meet with their bosses, and they'll be handed their pink slips. It's also garbage bag day for a lot of teams that will go clear out their lockers, and the media will interview everybody saying, well, what would you think about this season? It didn't quite end up how you expected it. What are you going to look forward to in the offseason? So expect a lot of those sound bites coming later on today. But the first domino has already fallen. Lovey Smith, we talked about it earlier, loses his job, fired as the head coach of the Texans. Two straight years, two head coaches, fired for the Houston Texans. That's not how you build a winning culture, AJ. No, it is a bad organization, and I, I... I'm not saying it's like unfixably bad, 
but it's a long way from being fixed. It's it's something that whoever takes this job next has to understand that you're probably still not the guy for them because there's there's just nothing in play. There's not talent on this roster. Uh, if you had the first pick, you could at least say you get to handpick your quarterback. But there's just a lot to to dislike All right. about this organization. I got a great idea. Got a great idea. Okay, ready? They draft Bryce Young, and they hire Bill O'Brien, who is Bryce Young's offensive coordinator. Oh, Bill O'Brien. I don't think Bill O'Brien will be getting that job. <laughs> I think he's one guy you could probably mark off the list. Uh, but who who is a candidate for that job? I, obviously, it's a, it's attractive knowing that you have the option or or the ability to draft either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I will say this. To me, if I, if I were this this Texans organization, the first call I would make is to Brian Flores. Mm. This is a guy who should have been a head coach the whole time. Um I, I think he I think he did a great job when he when he was coaching, but here's who I think it'll be. D'Amico Ryans, San Francisco 49ers. DC, former Texan. Former Texan, D'Amico Ryans. I, th- I think he's a guy who would get the fan base excited. And make no mistake, this fan base has quit on this team. They need to have someone bring a buzz to the building. <laughs> and that's why that's why someone was saying, uh, someone asked me on Twitter, well, do the Texans just not draft a quarterback this year and wait for next year when they can get Drake May or Caleb Williams? I said, no. No, these the, guys are better. The te- I, even if they're not, yeah. the Texans have to give their fans a reason for excitement mm-hmm. right now because if you've seen the last three or four home games, there's it, it's not like Raiders games or Chargers games where the, the opposing fans pack the building. There's just no one in the building. It's like a yeah. ghost town. It's really bad. They've got to make a big splash, They it, both personnel-wise and from a coaching standpoint. I think D'Amico Ryans does both uh, those it, things. It honestly seems like a slam dunk. But here's the other name that I would say keep an eye on. Gerard Mayo it, it, from the Patriots, yeah. their, their linebackers coach, because Nick Casario is ultimately the guy making this decision. Unless he gets fired, too. That's true. If he gets fired, then all bets are off on, on that. But I, I think D'Amico Ryans is the right move. Um, and this Look, guy, Listen, you, you did Houston Sports Radio for years. D'Amico Ryans would have the phone lines buzzing. I agree. Everyone would, people would buy back into the Houston Texans. The fan base would get super excited for D'Amico. Thirty-eight Ryans. years old, yeah, young energy. Which pro the, Bowl, Pro the, Bowler with the Texans. The yep. Texans. The last few guys they've had, Lovey Smith, a hundred years old. David Cully, a hundred years old. You know what he? Bill O'Brien, do? who acted like he was a hundred years old. How about this idea, D'Amico Ryan's head coach? J.J. Watt, defensive coordinator. <laughs> I think J.J. Watt just wants to be home. You know, <laughs> trust me, J.J. Watt, does, his, his body can't take the stress of coaching the Houston Texans. I don't think so. Uh, so that's uh, the first domino to fall. Who do we expect to be the next head coach fired here? Uh, maybe uh, maybe today on Black Monday or maybe later on this week. What do we think? I would not be shocked if Josh McDaniel's head rolls. Um, I can't see it happening. After one year, I, I can't see it happening. Did you see they kicked a fan out of this, this out of the Raiders game for having a sign that said "Bench McDaniel's"? That's not a good look. Kicking kicking guys out of the game for having signs that say "Bench your coach." Um, but yeah, I, he's a, he's a guy who, to me, and well, I guess we should say Sean McVay. We should talk about the Sean McVay thing because Sean McVay well, he has might said, be stepping down. Yeah, he may not want to coach anymore. Which yeah. is 
surprising. I, what I, from what I understood, he just doesn't want to go through a rebuild. He thinks that the the Rams are facing a rebuild. He yeah. doesn't want to be a part of it. But it's like, dude, you, you were kind of part of why it got to where it is. It's very odd. The Dennis Allen. With, with I don't think. I don't think so. You don't think he gets fired? No, I don't. Unless think so. Sean Payton wants that job back. Sean Payton doesn't want that job back. Okay. But remember, they the Saints had to give permission for teams to talk to Sean yeah. Payton. If they were talking about firing Dennis Allen, I don't think they do that because they still own Sean Payton, so he'd be the first one they would call. Okay. Uh, I keep reading about Cliff Kingsbury being fired. It would be a surprise to me mm. because the money he is owed for the time he is owed is punitive. It is a lot of money for a lot of years. I don't if if the Cardinals had a wealthy wealthy ownership group, I would say maybe if they were the Broncos, they're not the Broncos. This is a a, a bottom five yeah. money or cash flow team. It would be a shock if after paying Kyler Murray all this guaranteed mm-hmm. money that they threw away Cliff Kingsbury's guarantee. This doesn't they, they don't have the cash to throw around like that. Uh, and then the one other name I'd keep an eye on for a potential firing is Ron Rivera. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's the right move. So would Ron Rivera qualify? Because there's always there's always one surprise. Every year there's like six jobs open, right? There, there's yeah. a number of jobs open. There's always, like, we're not surprised. at We already know that Carolina's open. We're, we already know Denver's open. We're not surprised at uh, Houston being open. If Arizona or we Indy's open, right? So those yep. are already four or five jobs already open. If Arizona happens, we wouldn't be really that surprised. If McVay steps down, that would be a surprise, but it's not a surprise firing. Would Rivera be that surprise firing? I think so, because like I said earlier, this is a team that was knocking on the door of the playoffs most of the year. Uh, They've had bad quarterback play. I'm not saying that Ron Rivera should be fired. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it wouldn't shock me if he was. But also, that organization is going through such a tumultuous time right now that it seems like you it's not the time that you're going to be attracting the best head coaching candidates if you were if you were to move on right now. I think the surprising firing that we could see, Kevin Stefanski. That would be a surprise, certainly. I I don't think that happens. I think that they okay. let, they let him have one more year with Deshaun, see what mm-hmm. he can do with it, with that. Uh, but you're right; it it would not fall under the category of, of surprise to me. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. But Black Monday in the NFL, garbage bag day in the NFL. Certainly going to be interesting to see Ooh. where the dominoes fall. Oh, you have a surprise one. You have a good surprise one? I have a really good one. Okay, really good surprise one. Do you want to tease it tomorrow? No. Okay, give it to me. Go ahead. The Bucks lose the wild card game by 20 points. Oh, Todd Bowles is out. Yeah. Would that shock you? It wouldn't shock me because he's been terrible. And also, let's remember, the potential surprise is my. I guess Miami makes the playoffs, so now it's, it, yeah, it's yeah, off yeah. the table because they were talking about that like it was a real possibility, which I thought was insane. Listen, I'm still holding out hope that Brandon Staley's gone. <laughs> Boy, Brad, they lose to the Jaguars. God, he's such a dope. That, that Ross, if they lose to the Jaguars, do you think there's a chance? No, no. Like okay. I said, when he said, "Guys, been waiting for when when they made the playoffs," and he gave the game ball to the owner. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I said, "Oh, yep. he's safe." Okay, he, he's like, "We've been waiting a long time to get him to this place." Okay, yeah. Okay, I think so, he's good. We'll keep we keep you updated on that as we progress throughout the week. The time has come. The national championship game is. Tonight, and the TCU Horn Frogs would be the biggest upset winner 
in college football, at least in playoff history, uh, if they were to win this game tonight. Georgia, a comfortable 13-point favorite total sitting at around 63. I'll, I'll start with you, Scott. Like Obviously, TCU beating Michigan, the upset of upsets. Georgia really had to come back from the dead yeah. to beat Ohio State. And then we see these numbers, TCU coming off a massive high, Georgia coming off of eking into this, this final. Is there value on the dog here? I know you've been a TCU guy all season long. So I, I just I have a, a like a feeling in, in the pit of my stomach here because we talked before the playoffs began about the history of the college football playoff and how we've had just terrible semifinal games. Everything's been blowouts, with the exception of the the Georgia Oklahoma overtime game. We had two incredible semifinal games. Not good, not great. We had two incredible semifinal games. I have a feeling we're not going to get a good championship game. Okay. I think as much as I want to put a little faith in in Max Dugan and, and TCU, and I understand how how hard it is to repeat as a national champion, hasn't been done since Alabama, I guess 10 years ago. Like how long has it been since since Alabama uh went back to back? Um I thought it was 2012. Man, it just seems like it seems like Georgia got their scare out of the way. It was 2011-12. 2011-2012, yes, 10 years ago. I I think that I think Georgia got their scare out of the way and I think that they're going to I think they're going to put a hurting on this TCU team. This team has won 16 games in a row. Um there is there's reason for optimism for TCU backers, TCU fans. Like you look and you say, oh, we've got Quentin Johnson. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the country. Well, there's a guy named Keely Ringo who plays for Georgia yeah. who will probably do everything. He's taken away a lot of really great receivers. Um, you know, Max, Max Duggan didn't, he, he didn't get punished for any of his mistakes in that game. Michigan did a poor, poor job of tackling it's hard for me to imagine Georgia not swarming the ball in a way that Michigan just yeah, didn't. Yeah, think about this. I know that everyone wants to say, uh, well, Michigan never allowed big plays uh, all season long. That's true. I and, said that. And, I... But you know what? They were also facing Big Ten offenses. Yep. And TCU dominated that game because of the big playability. Well, guess what? The offenses that Georgia plays all season long in the SEC are big play offenses, and Georgia doesn't allow big plays. I don't think that TCU gets away with the 70-plus yard touchdowns that they did against Michigan, not against this Georgia defense. I do think that uh, TCU is, is going to have to throw the ball. You will not have success on the ground against Georgia. You're just not going to. So if they are to have any success, I think it does have to be through explosive plays through the air because if it, like the reason you can't run Georgia's it's like running up against a brick wall. Like it, you physically TCU doesn't have the bodies in the trenches to compete with that team. That's basically an NFL front. Uh, on the other side, I think Georgia gets what they want in the run game. Mm -hmm. I think that Stetson Bennett, is probably due for a good game, like a, a big game. I, I don't have a great feel for the side at this point. I think Georgia wins and wins comfortably. 
Does that mean by two touchdowns or ten points? Yeah, I, I don't really know. Think about this. And I, I wish I had a better take, like a, I, a more firm take on it. I don't want to take anything away from what TCU accomplished because they deserved that win over Michigan. But two pick sixes. Yeah, that ain't happening. In this uh, game. Yeah, another turnover. Right or three turnovers, two pick sixes. Michigan with terrible play calling, just trying to bomb the ball down the field to catch up, and they scored 39 points, Michigan did, in the second half of that football game. You take away, you know, one of those pick sixes, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Take away them both, TCU loses that game. Uh, it's just, Georgia is such a sound football team. I can't see them coughing the game up like Michigan did. Here's the feel that I have for this game. I think we're headed towards an under. This number's high. It's opened at 64. It's pretty much hovered around there, 63 and a half, 64, which means you're not getting, you know, over-decisive push either way. But I think this is a double-digit win for Georgia, and I don't think TCU scores more than 28 points. Like, to me, I think Georgia wins this game 38. I'll say, th- what? let's go 38-21. Okay. That's 59 points. Yeah. That's a Georgia win. That's a Georgia cover and an under 63, 63 and a half. Yeah. Um, I tend to think that Georgia gets into the 40s. So to me, if, if you, they do, then this game goes over. If you think this is an under, then you think TCU is doing almost nothing. Because well, I, I think Georgia. Three touchdowns is, is you know. I mean, you think TCU does nothing relative to what their season average has okay. been. Um, so they scored 51 on Michigan. Right, and they got the big plays, and they got the two pick sixes. So uh, I guess if we – well, a lot of it was also the back-and-forth nature of what that second half kind of looked like, right? So I guess the whole game script completely changes if you take away the way that 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 bonkers third quarter went. But, yeah, I don't don't know. Uh, I don't see TCU – here's the thing. Like, look at the the touchdowns they got against Michigan, right? You had – the um, 76-yard touchdown from Quentin Johnson. You had the – well, you had big plays that led up to, to, yeah. to, to the, to the uh, short touchdowns. Yeah, do I think – this is tough. It's a tough game because the, the line is so tough. If it was Georgia minus seven, I'd be all over Georgia. All over Georgia. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Thirteen is such a high number, and seven would be an absurd number, though. Yeah, of course. They're just such a better football team. Here's what I'm going to say: Should we just bet TCU just to have some some pizza money and have fun? Let me give you a couple pro- player props I like, and okay. you can tell me if, if this is what you if this is what you're looking for as far as a pizza bet. I like Stetson Bennett over 277 and a half passing yards. You know, this is a smart thing to do. This is a good this is a good way to approach this game where the number just doesn't give you a strong feel on either side. Let's just go to the prop market and see what we can come up with. So yeah. Stetson, Stetson Bennett over passing yards, I like. I like 277 and a half yards. Max Duggan to throw an interception is minus 215. That's almost a lock. Stetson Bennett. Over one and a half touchdowns, minus two, minus two twenty-five. Okay, I was gonna say two thirty, two forty. Yeah, I can't bet any of these, uh, any of these props. 
Here's what I do like, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna look for it. Do we have a prop on whether or not we get a defensive touchdown in this game? I haven't seen one. Defense or special team score? Give it to me. That's what I no, I'm I'm oh, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm talking it. it out. I don't see it. I'm looking. Let's see, longest touchdown. No. I got let me look at a different book because I think we're getting a defensive score in this game. A defense or a special team score, that would be a fun bet to make for this game. If you can find that on your book, probably it's going to be plus money. It's always plus money. Yep. Um, what's a good plus money price of that? 260? I was going to say 250 would have been my what is, what is it normally in the NFL? It depends on the game. Okay. Here we go. Defensive touch the defensive. So I got defensive props for players, but I don't see a defensive prop for like the team scoring or not. Okay. Unless, oh, ooh, touchdown scoring props. That's what it is. It would have to be. Anytime touchdown score. So the, that's gonna be a bunch of players. And it'll be the it'll be separate. So the TCU defense is plus four thirty. The Georgia defense is plus two ten. So collectively, I would say if any defense scores, it's got to be, it should be higher than plus 210 because it's a bad line. Yeah. If, it's, if it's 210 or below, it's a bad line. Yeah. But that's a, that's honestly an awful line to give out. That doesn't The feel Georgia good. defense to score a touchdown is plus 210. And maybe that's on FanDuel. Maybe that's just because everyone's betting it. Maybe I don't so. know. But I do think that there could be a defensive score in this game. Or a, a see, the reason why you want defense slash special teams is because if you get a punt return touchdown or a uh, you know a block kick or something like that you, you want defense slash special team score that's my bet for tonight's game well big potential potentially big story I mean it's big right now probably could get bigger later on today AJ Kevin Durant hurt his knee last night against the heat an awkward collision uh, with Jimmy Butler it was incidental contact Jimmy Butler was going up for a layup and when he came down he kind of knocked into Durant and Durant's leg bent a little awkwardly. He hurt his knee, came out of the game, and he's going to have an MRI. It didn't look good watching the play. I don't want to speculate on injury, but if Kevin Durant has to miss time, it's very reminiscent of what happened last year. When Durant got hurt last year, it was January 15th. The Nets were 27-15 and at that point last year. And they went through a horrible stretch. I understand it's a little different because, you know, you didn't have Kyrie playing and and no Ben Simmons either. So the team is certainly more equipped now to handle a Kevin Durant injury as opposed to the way that they were last year. Like, you know, again, because you have those Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving playing. But this year, so last year it was January 15th. They were 27 and 15. This year, it's January 8th, 27 and 13. Just interesting, the parallels between Durant's injury last year and this year. We'll see how long he's out. I expect him to be out for a little bit. I don't know if it'll be an extended period of time, but I will say they are better equipped this year to handle it than they were last year to handle it. The Nets right now currently the two seed in the Eastern Conference, one game behind the Boston Celtics. They have won nine of their last 10 games, 27 and 13 on the season. Okay, I, yeah, this is this is a big deal because this is it's unfortunate for the Nets who have been playing great ball of late. 
but again, this comes down. We talked about this last week when we were talking about some of these players missing time in the mm-hmm. regulars. Is it the worst thing in the world for them to miss some time? Is the worst thing for Zion to miss a month at this point in the year? I don't. I don't know. It might. For, 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 Kevin Durant's yeah. not a young buck. Like no, this is a, right. an older dude. It might be a good thing for him to sit out for a little while and, and make sure he's right. If it's a two week injury and it takes three or four weeks to come back, uh-huh. no harm, no foul. More better. Better for Kevin Durant. Come April, May, June, sure. when the games matter more. Nets currently the second favorite to win the NBA title at six to one behind the Boston Celtics. I'm wondering. Once any clarity comes about the Durant injury, how much that market moves, how much that line moves. And I'll tell you what, that might be the buy-in time for the Brooklyn Nets. Unless it's really bad news on the Durant injury front. If it's just, hey, it's a sprained MCL or whatever, he's going to miss three weeks, and this line drops to eight to one, nine to one, maybe buy-in. If it stays around six to one, I don't like it as much. Because the way that the Nets have been playing this year, and you mentioned it, how well they've played and uh, second in the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, just look around the entire NBA. At 27-13, and the Nets have the second best record in the league. So I, I think that once this team is healthy, whatever issues they went through last year, obviously this is the team that's constructed right now and maybe... They still have to add a piece, but this is the team that was the rightful favorite for the majority of time last year prior to all the Kyrie nonsense. And this was the team that everyone kept saying, oh, well, once the vaccine mandate's listed, once Ben Simmons back on the floor, once Kevin Durant's healthy, what if, what if, what if, then they become the team to bet on. Yeah. And this is that version of that team. You might be right. You might be onto something. Uh, This is... I I was a big doubter in the Nets last year. I didn't understand all the love for the Nets, even when they were playing bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it was because it was all about potential. It was all about what can they be when they're at their best, which it turns out the the team that won the championship was about that as well. It just wasn't the Nets. It wasn't yeah. the team that everybody was talking about mm-hmm. all season long. But I do think now that we've seen what these Nets can be at full strength, yep. they're very tempting. Uh, and. You may end up, you know, if we go three weeks with no KD, you may start, if if they play poorly, you may start to see their odds dip. Might be a good time to buy the Nets. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know how poorly they'll play. Just because I don't, of, I don't know. Because Kyrie and Simmons are, are playing well, and maybe it's an opportunity to, to play the Nets on a nightly basis. Because without Durant, you have to imagine the spreads are going to be affected. Yeah. Well, 100% they're going to be affected. The first time we'll see the Nets back in action is going to be, I believe, Wednesday. Um, am I right about that? Maybe Thursday. So the Nets will be home to the Celtics on Thursday. No Durant, let's assume right now. Celtics are going to be favored in that game. I would take the Nets as home dogs. It's a little early to talk about, yeah. but... That I think I think without Durant, you're going to get line value on the Nets. I don't hate it. I, I think you, you might be on to something with that. You because might. I can tell you right now, healthy Durant, Nets are favored in that game. I agree. And unhealthy Durant, Nets will be dogs. Hmm. And then we buy it on the Nets. We'll run that by McKenzie as we get closer to Thursday. No doubt. <laughs> if you aren't watching college football tonight, maybe you'll want to watch the NBA. I'm not my business. I'm not here to judge you. 
but I am. I watch the college football yeah, national I'd, championship. I'd watch it. Uh, Wizards, one and a half point favorites hosting the Pelicans. The Celtics, eight and a half favorites hosting the Bulls. Bucks, two point road favorites at the Knicks. Spurs plus 11 at Memphis. Lakers plus eight and a half at the Nuggets. And the Orlando Magic plus six at Sacramento. Just four games on the ice tonight. Flyers at the Sabres. Buffalo minus 220. Kraken at the Canadiens. Seattle minus 190. Predators at the Senators. Ottawa minus 120. Oilers at the Kings. LA minus 115. If you would like to buy yourself a best bet package at pregame.com, take 20% off of us. Because, you know, we're just we're just nice people. Uh, early 20 is the promo code still available. If you haven't used it last week, go ahead and use it now. Early 20 is the promo code. Get your 20% off anything at pregame.com. And if you haven't signed up for pregame.com, what are you waiting for? New members, get a free $25. That gets you a best bet, like a three-star best bet. You know what? I gave out a three-star best bet on NFL Week 18 yesterday. And you know what? It was a little teaser. Why not? Three-teamer, plus 150. It hit. Nice. So what's a three-star at plus 150? It's 450. That's a plus 4.5 unit. That'll work. Win. You could have gotten that for free by signing up for pregame.com. Be a good deal. That You have 4.5 units for free? I had a three-star college basketball play on Sunday. Yeah? Houston first half. Okay. Winner. And and if I'm not a pregame.com member and I just entered in like my email address and signed up for pregame.com, I could have gotten that for free? For free. For free. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah. If but you're a pregame.com member. You're a smart guy. Well, of course I'm a smart guy. Uh, use the promo code EARLY20. If you are already a pregame.com member, take 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy the natty. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. Straight out of it. AM.